Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Oh, I got a live one here. Thank you to the OG himself, Mr. Ice-T, for last week's great interview slash first celebrity major interview podcast. Big shout out to Mr. T. No, I can't say Mr. You T. can't I say Mr. Make, T. I got to yeah. make it specific. To Ice, baby. And I can't say Ice because then people going to be thinking about vanilla. Mm. So to Mr. Or Cube. Right. Or to, hey, Ice-T, love you, brother. Uh, Flynn. What's Flynn. Finn, his, his Finn, his name in uh, SVU. Oh, okay. I got to watch that shit. Uh, so thank you, brother. Uh, we really appreciate it, man. Uh, hopefully we could uh, at some point do it again because we know we, 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 we could have kept hitting that from all different angles in terms of the conversation. <clears throat> and dude is very personable and uh, knows his shit. And uh, he's fun to listen to, man. Yeah, he has a de- he has a definitely his own perspective. Yeah, intelligent, uh, but beyond intelligence, just uh, uh, introspective. And we got a lot of good comments uh, right. already. Yeah, so there it is. Um, now here we are back at Tommy T's here in Pleasanton. Um, it's basically Oakland. Yeah, the Bay. Uh, are we diving right in, or are we trying to massage our way into the shit first? I think we probably should massage it in a little bit. Um, so, yeah, last night I, I did something I ain't done in a long time. Valentine's Day. Fuck that. I wouldn't think about that. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I went back to my room after a show. I had a fucking salad. I know. You gave me shit about eating salads, and you... Yeah, I, I just, you know, I, uh, I gotta get my shit in check, man. How'd you feel this morning, though? You know, it's, the funny thing about... It's hard to work out. It's hard to eat right. <clears throat> Even though you know that when you do it, you feel spectacular afterwards. And you're like, I should be doing this. Um, and even as I flew out from Burbank to LA, I mean, to to here, Pleasanton, 
they they remodeled this little sushi slash salad spot. This is just this food spot where you get your food from, and it's all a Wolfgang Pucks now. So I had ordered a salad, a create your own salad, on the way out here, and uh, as I'm waiting, as you're waiting for your salad to be made, next door is the Wolfgang Puck with the brick oven, and out comes the fucking somebody's pizza order with the fucking cheese and the oil bubbling off the fucking pizza, and I'm going, what the fuck, man? You know, you you know the right thing to do is the salad, but you could smell that cheese and oil and pepperoni, and and uh, <clears throat> I had to, I had to have that fight with myself. So, but if you could do that once a week, it isn't then it's it's not gonna fuck you. That Can I be honest with you, man? Yeah, this, this is an honest moment of clarity, and this is why I know I got to clean my shit up. Um, what was yesterday? Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday, I mean, uh, Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, you ever have something healthy wise, health-wise that scares you? Yeah. And makes you go, I better tighten up. Uh, I was brushing my teeth, and I coughed up blood. That's a problem. Yeah, so I said, I got to stop, man. Well, you just, you're an aggressive person. You do everything <clears throat> to the maximum. Right. I even said to you uh, when we when we go out and we have some drinks. I said this to you earlier today. Right. Your opening order mm-hmm. is all I'll drink for the whole night. Right. Well, no. I mean, I get you, but there have been times when you you've gone hard in the paint. Too. Yeah, I, I know. I'm. But not, I know what you're saying. Like, yeah. I, I really go hard in the paint. Yeah, like, you, like, you're 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 buying. If right. it was your buying, your poker buy-in for drinking is right. a double shot of Patron right. and a, and a Tito's and and uh, and Sprite. Right. Um, and just, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, no one ever wants to go, I'm an addict or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause then you seem like a problem, like you have a problem. Um, and then in my mind, when I think addicts, I think motherfuckers who's making hurtful mistakes that hurt the family or that put, you know, maybe your income in jeopardy, um, so, you know, the mortgages are getting paid, the car notes are getting paid, the bills are getting paid. So, how could I be fucked up? Um, and it's funny because the inside voice goes, well, motherfucker, maybe if you was in tip-top tier position shape, you'd be making more money. So, you really are fucking with your money if you want to play the apples and oranges game. Right. But as far as this motherfucker... You know, got booked for a job but didn't show up because he was drunk in an alley. Right. I'm never that. The functioning alcoholic. Right. Versus, the, the, versus. And I don't even like that word. I know you don't like that. You don't like that word, but I'm I'm saying it because that's the that's the that's well, the term. I I, I I said to myself, you know what, man? And I fought it last night. I was like, maybe we go out for one drink. Maybe I have one drink before the show, or you know, to bring that high down. But really, that just accentuates the high. Um. I was fighting it, you know, and I, I, I every time I look at a menu, I, you know, I've ordered salads. And like I said, 99.9% of the time when I do it, I'm like, yo, this is all right. This is not bad. It's your mind more than it is. is it's anything else. Um, But then I just go a fucking salad. It's like, you know, 
I don't know if this is the greatest analogy, but it's like, yeah, I could fuck this plump little fat, non really cute bitch. Uh, and it'll still feel good. I'll still come. But I ain't fucking. I, it, between the fat little thick bitch, plump bitch, and the broad that is fucking a, a sex a sex goddess in heels, what would you pick? You know what I mean? Well, <clears throat> I'm saying, again, might not be the greatest analogy, but you get, you get what I'm I, saying. I, I got your analogy, but... You know, uh, no, it doesn't work in the analogy because you got because the other the the part about the salad versus the the pizza you saw coming out, the pizza's still going to be there. You can get the pizza on Friday, you make Friday your pizza right. day, and right? You you eat better the rest of the week, and you and you allow yourself to eat a little bit of something nice that you're going to enjoy. Life isn't supposed to be a punishment. Listen, uh, d- 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 as a reference point, and this is so off off topic but on still on the same movie just cause i don't know if you remember with ed harris and lawrence fishburne and blair underwood and the movie and sean connery and sean and the movie was basically uh blair underwood went to jail supposedly for killing a little white girl as a as a child uh but sean connery did the work to get him out to prove that you know he, he was falsely imprisoned, come to find out he really was the killer. And Lawrence Fishburne um, couldn't stand him because he knew him for what he really was—a a child murderer. And at what point Ed Harris plays this psychopathic killer in jail, who also uses Sean Connery to eventually seek the truth. But his gratification from it is knowing how his parents were murdered and this guy killed his own parents. Well, no, no, no. Blair Underwood killed his parents for him. Some sort of a, it's a complex story, but I, I don't want to muddy the waters. My point is, uh, at one point, Ed Harris, when Sean Connery comes back to the jail to tell Ed Harris what his parents looked like after Blair had killed him, he goes, I want the truth. Tell me everything. Don't deny me nothing. And I just, it just makes me go, I don't deny myself anything. That piece of pussy over there, it's, if I can get it, I'm getting it. That cheeseburger, them fries, the pizza, motherfucking, that blunt, that drink, I deny myself nothing. And that's probably part of a bigger problem. Yeah. Is that every now and then to tell you, to tell you no. You don't have to say no. You just have to do it within reason. You can't do it every single night. Anything other than what I fucking want when I want it is is out of reason. So, you know. That's but yeah, I did it. I fucking did it. I got through a day. And now I'm going, can you turn one into two, two into three, a week into two weeks, two weeks into two months, and et cetera, et cetera. I did it. And I felt good about it. And I'm almost scared to even do what you're saying and go, all right, you ain't got to go full cold turkey, but moderation. But you may want to you may want to take a week off. So exactly. Get used to it. Because I think I would have a relapse if I fucked around well, and just. And this is the perfect place not to drink because there really isn't anything around here. <clears throat> well, that's the point of drinking. Yeah. When there's nothing to do. But, you know but, what I mean? But even the drinking here is sad. 
Like there, there's it is, but when you have enough drunks drinks, <laughs> sadness becomes false happiness. Yeah, but no, I get what you're saying. I'm I'm being funny, but yeah, uh, yeah, man, I uh, yeah. So it's good for you. Yeah, I guess it's going to be good for me. Yes, because I'm 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 the heavy influence on you. That well, you know, you're my you're my out. Like when I'm out with you. Right. I've raised my kids for so long. I've been a dad that I was just doing dad things. I didn't. I, and I don't drink in Phoenix because they have really strict DUI right. laws. So I would never drink out there because right. I have to drive. But when I'm out on the road with you and we're not driving and we can have drinks and it's right. good. So this will be good for me too. Um. Now do we get into the thick stuff? If you want to, yeah. Where do you want to start it? How do you want to start it? Because I kind of led into it a little bit two episodes ago. Right. When I said his blackface wrong. Right. Um, before we tackle the subject of blackface, speaking about race, which this will segue into all of that, uh, did you see Monique on the Steve Harvey show? You know, I only saw part of it. I saw it on the Instagram. You saw the whole thing. So okay. I didn't, I didn't get the full clip. So here's what we're going to do, um, because both of them make very valid points. Uh, and when talking about race, this really adheres to the struggle, the serious struggle that white people, I believe, are super naive about when it comes to black people. And when they constantly go, why do y'all play the race card? Black people always play the race card, the race card. Again, because you don't know culturally what we've done on a deeper level. You know the surface shit. You know that racism exists. You, you know certain things. You know the, the easy shit. But you don't really understand the internal shit as to the minefield that we have to walk through that is called America and that is called white folks. I know you guys all want to think, why the fuck can't we be all kumbaya and bury everything under the fucking basement and act like it's all gone? But it's it's really some some deeper shit than this. Um, and there are certain things Monique has said that she shouldn't have said. Just like I've admitted, there are certain things I've said and done in my life in the show business that I wish to God I could take back. Um, and because I never had nobody to pull my coattail and guide me through it, you make these mistakes. Um, you know, listen, I don't want to sit here and keep trying to paint this picture. Well, Monique said this and Steve said that. So I'm going to play. It's it's two clips um, in total. I think it's 11 minutes, but I'll play the first one. And we can talk about that it's six minutes. And then the second one is five. And we could go from there. Um, this might be one of those podcasts where I forget who it is. I'm going to read it. One of y'all said me and Andy should do longer than an hour. I reject that. Uh, I, think, <laughs> I think you always want them wanting more. Um, but uh, fuck it. If you're in the mood for dessert. Open your fat fucking mouth. Because <laughs> here it's coming. Uh, so let me play this first clip. Uh, this is Monique, man. I'm telling you. Uh, Baby, he be saying it like I'm a problem. Oh, you you have been a problem. Well, Steve. I, well, okay. What was it? Let, 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 let's go. Let's go. You started getting labeled as difficult. Yes. Why do you believe that that happened? And do you see that changing and why? I got labeled as difficult, my husband and I, and my husband is Sydney, who happens to be my manager. We got labeled as difficult because I said one word, and that was no, 
Now, I said no to some very powerful people. I said no to Oprah Winfrey. I said no to Tyler Perry. I said no to Lee Daniels. And I said no to Lionsgate. And the difficulty came in when people that look like me, like Oprah, Tyler, Lee Daniels, and I got to put my brother Steve on the list. Y'all knew I was not wrong. Each one of you said to me, Monique, you're not wrong. And when I heard you go on the air and you said, my sister and burnt too many bridges and it's nothing I can do for her now. Steve, do you know how hurt I was? Simone, now let me give you this. Because you and I had this conversation. Mm-hmm. I thought you went about it wrong. Mm-hmm. See, I felt that you had done yourself a disservice mm-hmm. by the way you chose to go about it. Tell me how I went I, about it. I was cool with you, with your, with your deal with uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. I was cool with you. The two problems that we had. Mm-hmm. Number one, the boycott of Netflix. Yes. We never gave people a point of action. Mm-hmm. Okay, if we're going to boycott, are we going to not get subscriptions? Are we going to turn it off? Are we going to go down there and get signs? Mm-hmm. The second point what was coming to me was... This problem that you had in Netflix is rich people problems. Because mm-hmm. they looking at us going, you talking about you didn't get millions. Mm-hmm. Well, you got this, you ought to be cool. But when you say, Mo, it's the way you want about it. Mm-hmm. And I want to explain that, and I thank you for saying that. Inequality is devastating. And it's extreme. And when people said, Monique, do you think calling a boycott was extreme? you damn right. But isn't inequality extreme? So we've got to get to a place where we're unafraid to say it out loud. Okay. What, I would have, what, what I would have loved, what I would have appreciated from my brother, <coughs> had you picked up the phone before you went on the air and said, Monique, you've burned too many bridges and there's nothing I can do. See, I would have appreciated had my brother called me up and said, baby, let's talk. Because you doing that was a part of me being difficult. Well, not before that, though. Yes, baby. Remember the moment on stage. Oh, yes. See, now that, that, that right was a there. wonderful moment. Steve. No, it wasn't. Oh, moment. my goodness. No, it wasn't. That was one of those moments. See, no, it wasn't. That Richard Pryor whispered in my ear and said, Say it. You say it. Richard because Pryor did not I'm tell you, you to say that. Yes, he did. Oh, baby. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I do not regret, as I said on the Steve Harvey show, I do not regret one moment of that night on that stage. No, no. no. in case you don't know, it's true. Mo told Tyler Perry, uh-huh. Oprah Winfrey, Tell him. and Lee Daniels mm. to suck her private parts. Not my private parts. Well, you said if I had one, yeah. I want them three to suck my private parts. Yeah. It wasn't private parts on stage. So now, then I went, <gasps> I quit breathing. I quit breathing for you. I didn't. What happened to you, Mo, yes. was when you made that statement, the narrative got flipped. It wasn't about Netflix no more. It, was, it wasn't about Netflix no more. The tension was all off of that where we needed Netflix. to go. Huh? That was before Netflix. So good. So now when you bring up Netflix, it don't get no win, but you done just said this to these three people. And these three people... Yes. Not because they're powerful, Mm -hmm. but because of who they've come. And what happens is, I told you, we can't cure darkness with more darkness. What we can do is cure it with comedy. And what I'm not going to do, Steve, I'm never, ever going to waver from my comedy show on that stage. That's my gift. And that's my freedom. And what happens is, when you allow people 
to start taking your freedom and your gift and making it become what makes them comfortable, we then lose. When you called me with the morning show on the phone, I said to you, Steve, my family is suffering behind this. And y'all know I did nothing wrong. Y'all know my husband did nothing wrong. But none of y'all in real time, in real time, was strong enough to go publicly and say, we can't throw our sister under the bus. Because, Mo, listen to me. We fighting two wars here. What war? We, there's two wars. It's what your issue is, and it's what the perception of the issue is, and the narrative has changed. See, I'm hearing what you're no, saying, no. baby, and I agree with it when the narrative changes. But if all of y'all said, this is the only issue I have with it, baby, when all of y'all said privately, to include Oprah, all of y'all said privately, we, I've done nothing wrong. When you tell the truth, you have to deal with the repercussions of the truth. We black out here. We can't come out here and do it any kind of way we want to. Let me, Listen oh, to me. Your husband yes. can't be the Sydney that he really is out here. Let me tell you They're something. Not, that flexing, Let me we got to flex something. a different way. We Let out me. here in a game. This the money game. This ain't the black man's game. This ain't the white man's game. It's this the is money the money game. game. But I, we in the money game. And We're you cannot sacrifice game. yourself. The we best are. thing you can do for this poor people not be one of, you cannot We're in help the money them game, but let me tell you what the game is before the money game. Like before the money game is called the integrity game, and we've lost the integrity worrying about the money. But Mo, and wait a minute. If wait I minute. crumble, if you my crumble. children crumble, my grandchildren crumble. I cannot, for the sake of my integrity, stand up here and let everybody that's counting on me crumble so I can make a statement. There are ways to win the war in a different way. We got more. Now, you know, it's funny. I forgot when I originally watched the clip. A lot of what I wanted to hear, a lot of what I wanted you guys to hear, a lot of what we need to talk about was in that first clip. So I, now that I remember now, we don't even need to see the second clip because everything that needs to be addressed was in the first clip. So I'm going to tell you, not like I ever had any lack of respect for Steve Harvey. Um, but But, you know, I know sometimes we in the community are quick to want to throw one of our own under the bus and label them coon and label them sellout. And I've heard people say that about Steve. Primarily when he did the thing where he went to Trump Tower and stood alongside Trump. And of course, anybody backing Trump is deemed a coon. Now, I don't want to get into that because that's a deeper, another conversation. But as far as what people were trying to attach him to, to make him a coon, I didn't see that uh, to the extent that they saw it. The Trump thing is the Trump thing, and I, and I have my own feelings about that. But other than that, it wasn't like, oh, my God, here's exhibit D starting from A, or here's exhibit, exhibit F all the way from A. We got all these examples of things he's done. I, I haven't seen that. Um so at no point did I ever feel a lack of respect for Steve. But this thing, this notion, and, and if anything, my respect to him, based on what he said, has gone up a notch or two. Because um, both of them make valid points. I get where both of them are coming from. And I've said this on the podcast many a times. And I said, my manager always said to me, you want to be rich or you want to be right. Now, when you read all the comments in the YouTube section, 
they, they're split up. And they want some Camp Steve, some of Camp Monique. Yeah, Steve, that's why you a sellout. Because you sold your soul for money. You know, Monique is right. It's about integrity. It's it's this. It's that. Stand up for yourself. Don't sell your soul. Ain't no amount of money worth your soul. Okay, in principle. Wonderful. Right. Right. But again, people don't understand. And when Steve said, we can't play this game that way, he's talking about black people. And this is what I'm saying when I say to white people. The fact that they even have to have that conversation. The fact, and if you couldn't read between the lines, I'm telling you, as as an official spokesman for the Negro community, that's what they were talking about. Is she being blackballed because she went against the powers that be? Oprah, Lee Daniels, Tyler Perry, you goddamn right. But also, there's another message underneath that. White folks don't like niggas loud. White folks don't like niggas out they place. White folks don't like niggas to, to be stand up and, and boisterous and, and, and they don't like it. It's, 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 it's as much as they will deny it, as much as it will be fucked up. Truth is, niggas, stay in your place. You're in Hollywood. You're in a business where you make millions. You, we, we giving you the opportunity and the chance to take your life to a place financially, uh, successfully, beyond your hopes and dreams. How dare you? Now, anybody that's in Hollywood will tell you that's not the case. That's what they're supposed to say. Just like a racist goes, I'm not racist. We, as black people can't play that game uh, to steve's point the way other people play that game white entertainers don't have to come up worrying about wearing two faces we do so for all of those people that get man steve is a coon i don't see coon now if you want to make the argument that he's selling his soul his integrity and all of that does that make him a coon no does that make him less of a of a of a man or a person I don't know, but I hear his point. You got kids, you got family, you got bills, you got motherfuckers that depend on your success, depend on what you do. And, you know, to fuck all that up, to make a point. But, but okay, here's the, for what you're saying right now and what you just said. Put it, change it a little bit. Change the, the verbiage just a little bit. He has a legacy that he's protecting because when he when he has children and then grandchildren that are growing with what he established, they can do more, open more doors, change the way the situation is. To make a point and to lose that, you made a point, but what he, and what he said, I can do more in a different way. And to protect your legacy is how you grow your wealth, how you grow the change, how you can possibly grow. The other thing I want to say, though, about this, because you didn't bring this up because Monique said it. Um, she said she was labeled as difficult before mm-hmm. any of this happened, before any of this happened. Mm-hmm. Let's just take it to comedy. Let's not take it to race. Let's not take it to anywhere. As a comic, I've heard stories about Monique. I've I have to. Okay. So when you lay out uh, a wake, you know, when you lay out a wave in the ocean, when you lay out some some turbulence, and then someone, then a situation like this occurs and people start saying you're difficult, it's easy 
for people to make that argument against you because you've already laid out two underlings to, to people that are beneath you. You've laid out a wake of she is difficult. And I'm not saying she is difficult. I'm just saying, let's say she was. She also said inequality is extreme. It is. And there is a hypocrisy and an inequality in Hollywood. You think that you you think that there aren't people in Hollywood who are difficult as fuck? Oh yeah, that still work. Yeah, still get jobs. But she was aren't blackballed. But now, now here's I'm gonna let you get it. But now we're talking about economics. Now, if she's not generating the kind of money that them other people get, white or black, but like I said, just like the justice system, black guys who commit the same crimes as white guys get harsher jail sentences. Same thing in Hollywood. You know, difficult is difficult, but when you're black and difficult, the punishment is greater than when you're white and difficult. Unless you just bringing in that kind of fucking dough. But, you know, you know, look, Monique ain't even Tiffany Haddish. I don't know that she's ever been. She's been in some, and I, that's, this ain't me shitting on Monique. I'm talking about the facts. Tiffany Haddish is in movie after movie. I don't know how many more she got in the can, but she is the go-to black funny girl. And Cat Williams said this, more than Lurnell, more than Monique, more than Samore, more than Melanie Camacho, all funny. Your degree of who's funnier is subjective, so we'll leave that alone. But but okay, but, but Monique said who was funnier. Go on. Okay, but that's Monique's opinion. Yeah, but the, but the bottom line is this. If Monique was bringing in the dollars that warranted her getting away with being an asshole, she'd get away with it. But because you're not, and I'm not here to say what her worth is, but the numbers don't lie. Now you're just loud and angry, which again, in a business that is already racist, you are feeding into it. Angry, loud black woman. Big, fat, black, angry, loud, black woman. Okay? So, when Steve goes, we can't play this game, how they play this game, he's 1,000% right. Yeah. We have to step differently. We can't step the way white folks step. So, when white people say, yeah, y'all always play the race card, there are some black people that take advantage of the race card, absolutely. But this ain't no shit to be taken lightly. This is where this is the life we live. I'm not. To, this is the fight we fight. But I'm. I, I agree with it, all of that. It took a lot more for Roseanne to be removed from her position. She had to really go out of her way to fucking lose that. Yeah, and but uh, but also we are so super ultra sensitive now. Yeah. If this would have been ten years ago, she'd still she, be on the air. She'd still be on the air. Remember the people who were thrown off the air got back on. Don Imus came back to work eventually. Motherfucking Marv Albert bit a bitch and was back going, yes, downtown. You know what I mean? But he only bit her. Well, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I, I, you, know, you know, we've seen example after example where white people have fucked up in this game. Take a timeout. Put on the dunce hat. Sit in the corner. 10 minutes face the wall and get back to work when you're black and you fuck up 
you might not get back to work. Isaiah Washington. Understand? You, no, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. You don't think Isaiah Washington has a chance to come back ever? There's always a chance. But as talented as he is, where is he? Maybe it's not enough time yet. Really? Really? When, when did he make the statement? But what was the level of fame? Isaiah Washington. Can you walk down the street and say Isaiah Washington as versus, uh, what, see, I don't even know the dude's but, but, name. Who, who, but but who? you're straying away from the point. I got the, yeah. I know what you're saying, but, but come on, It is on, a man. numbers game, though, too. Because it's a number, you just said it's an economic situation. It is, but he's so goddamn talented that there's no reason he should not be working. He was working heavily, heav- he- heavily and consistently before the controversy. So since then, come on, man. Come on. I'm not – there's definitely – there's definitely a different lane that black people have to go through without a doubt that, that that's, that's not here nor there. But when we're talking about Monique, she was talking about uh, economic inequality. I don't think that that was the issue with her. She was talking about that. She was talking about race. She was talking about sexism, you know, why the male counterparts get more than, and, and, and look again, the people she used were bad examples. Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle. Chappelle, like sweetie, and she's, you, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not them. You know what I'm saying? I, I agree, but that's where even Amy Schumer, who a lot of people can't stand, who I don't like, who blocked me from fucking Twitter. Call it what you want. This bitch goes and does theaters by herself. Monique is doing clubs. Monique ain't selling out theaters. So come on. So then. What's the so there is no argument here? Then. The argument is until you can demand it, not that you should ever be an asshole, but until you can demand it, like Steve said, you got to watch how you step. And 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 Monique is stepping on some do you want to be rich or do you want to be right? She said several times, y'all know I'm right, yeah, they do, but being right ain't got nothing to do with being rich. But she also stepped on black toes, that too. I mean, if if if, if you- listen, 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 if she if that's true, and she told Tyler, Oprah, and Lee and Lionsgate to suck her dick, dick, she did. Okay, imagine if she had told that to the head of Warner Brothers. Now I don't know who's running Liongate. I would assume somebody white. And I, I you know, listen, power is power, I guess, to a degree. But there's well, I, Warner Brothers, Sony, the head of any major network. Yeah, you 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 might have to be escorted out of town with, okay. a, with a military guard. Point taken. But so, but when you tell the people that could that, that could back you to suck your dick, and now who does she have to go up against Warner Brothers with? And none of them niggas are going up against Warner Brothers. At least she, they could be. People. There is no at least the at least. Here's the at least. Here's, here's the most they're gonna do for you. Make the phone call. Yeah. And Steve didn't even make the phone call. No, but but if Lee Daniels... Oprah was- said on view on The View when she was there talking about this shit, you should have called me. I'd have schooled you. The most niggas is going to do is pull you aside and... Psst, yo, you bugging. They're they not going to fight no fight with you against these companies. But or Oprah's worth billions. Maybe they, she should listen to Oprah. And the people that sign Oprah's check is worth more than that. 
It, it doesn't make a difference. It does make a it difference. It does make a difference, but you know how you get to you know how you get to the place where you sign someone's check? You have to start with making that billion and the next billion and the legacy that you build, and that's what Steve Harvey was talking about. <sighs> you don't get to be a football you don't get to own a football team because you collect football cards. And tell me name a black owner of a football team. There isn't one. Okay. But I can So but stop right there. No. Stop right no. there. No, my no. question to you now is why is that? You think that's just coincidental? No, because that's who established the football league was white dudes. Now, can you name somebody who a black dude who owns a, a baseball team? Let's before we jump from can, no, 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 I don't want no, no, no. Before we jump from one stupidity to another, let's backtrack. You just said that the dudes who formed the football teams did what? Were white. White back when. In the initial beginning. When they didn't even want niggas to play. Right. So you think they want them in the clubhouse? I'm not saying that. I go, who do you know who owns a, a, right now who owns a baseball team? I don't. I don't know baseball. Magic Johnson. So, but it builds, it builds from, you, you do, like I said, you don't collect baseball cards and think you get a football team. Or baseball cards, you get a baseball team. You build, you build. Black America's building. I'm not, I'm not trying to say it shouldn't have been sooner or it shouldn't be more, but it is. And when you hear someone like Steve Harvey saying protect the legacy, what he's talking about is growing and growing into power. Power comes from you. It, power grows. Power also corrupts. It does corrupt. It is corrupted. I, get, I, I understand that part. But right now, look at what look at what Ma- look at what Magic Johnson has done in L.A. Are you going to deny his legacy? No. Nah. So if he builds on top of that legacy, what's going to what's next? What's next in that empire? Because empires are created by rich people. So if, if I'll give you, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So, so, and I know I've said this a million times. The Oprahs, the Lee Daniels, the, the Tyler Perrys of the world. We could we could throw in four, four or five other, you know, black celebrities, moguls. Where is where is the building of the studios and the networks so that we don't need anybody else completely? It has to come. But it has to come. But it, it's about it's about building those. Listen, empires. I don't know the ins and outs of that world, but I I almost want to say without having any proof or knowing a hundred percent that it's just not as simple as as long as we got the capital we can do it. It feels like somewhere in the pipeline there is going to be someone fighting them from making that happen. Ten years ago, because of I would the have agreed power that comes ten, with it. Ten years ago, I would have agreed with you. And we all know about cities that were black cities that were becoming black empire cities, and were stopped. And were stopped. But that's not today. You sure? It's not today. I don't know about tomorrow, and I don't know. I, I know what happened yesterday. Yeah. See, I but wish, I, think, I, I, I wish I had more education on that because, like, if there was someone who we could talk to that could combat that, I don't know. I did a documentary called Funny Business. It was about the uh, only black comedy club in Chicago called All Jokes Aside. And they were the hottest ticket in town and one of very few prominent black comedy clubs in the country, period. And they wanted to move from the location they were in to a better location, the white side of town. And in this documentary, the two guys who were responsible for its creation broke down how certain people fought them tooth and nail to make sure that that didn't happen. So whether it's a football league, a baseball league, or whatever, or a Hollywood thing, again, I, 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 I'm not educated on it enough to be able to go, 
I'm spewing facts, but it just seems like historically there's always been something to stop black progress. Historically, I agree, but we're in. I think we're entering an age, and like I like what what um, Steve Harvey was talking about. Protecting, protecting the legacy, growing, having the money to fight when there is a fight that needs to be done is what is what is happening right now, and awareness. But I, I, I just think, right, like what you just said, when historically, yes, that was, that was the past. But the other problem I have with that is if you have the hottest ticket in town, why do you want to move to a white neighborhood instead of enhancing a black neighborhood? Why don't you want to build the black neighborhood? Well, I mean, you do want to build the black neighborhood, but at the same time, you also want to grow your product to other people. You do, but this and, is... And, 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 and let's be honest, let's be honest. Sometimes white dollars mean more than black dollars because black people don't always spend the way they should. You know, that's why we get labeled as bad tippers. But then grow that community, grow that neighborhood. I, I know, I know. I know, what you're, I know what you're getting at, but at the same time... You know, from a from a from a right on brother standpoint, yeah, you're right. But come on, man, it's hard. Grow the business. Ah, fuck that. Grow the business. Grow the business. However you can. Grow the business. But grow the business. You want to grow the business. Who's your customer? If it's a black customer, grow your black customer base. I'm Harlem. Everything's has- always better with a little bit of white in it. Uh, you know what? I-, I grew up in this, and I'm going to tell you this. Growing up. As a Mexican dude in a Mexican family, and somebody come out comment about the way I say Mexican. Listen, motherfuckers, I'm going to lay this out right now. First of all, I am auditorial, auditorially and and visually dyslexic. I don't say aluminum right. I don't say a lot of fucking words right. You can call me out on it if you want to. Send in your fucking bullshit letters, and if I don't like uh, some things, you can send me some more shit. I don't give a fuck, but that's why I say shit the fucked up way. So if you don't like how I say Mexicans, I'm sorry. But like you saying it right? I, I put a T in there or something. That the, Met- I, I, I put some kind of sound in there. I, I don't hear, hear it. Nothing? I don't hear it. Well, somebody wrote in about it. So, um, But growing up that way, I, I and, and looking as white as I do, I, I get to experience what white is. Like really, really and what. Lucky, what, lucky you. No, no, no. But I get to experience what they're thinking. I get to hear it out loud. Well, then niggas share the secrets. I'm telling you what it is right now. When I speak to you, when I speak on this podcast, I'm telling you what the white thought process is. Listen, it isn't better with white. Because, no, no, let me explain why. uh, No, I'm going to explain this way. Because you don't have to go get that white. White's going to come to you. Keep it where it is because white people want black shit. You make it, you build it, they're going to come. They're gonna come. Has Harlem moved? Has Harlem? How many times has Harlem been a big thing in in the white idea? Yeah, but some of them white folks that moved in have moved niggas out. Yeah, that's the other so problem. Come on, man, that's the other problem. And just like and that historical has happened when? Hello, Indians. We're the white settlers, dude. It's, Goodbye. This is our shit now. But if you so come on, man. But then if you have something that's working in a black, grow that black community. Don't tell niggas how to do their business, dude. I'm telling you, no, you don't. I, no, and I'm gonna listen, tell you, I'm I get you it. I get it right on, brother. And, and, but, if this was an episode of Good Times, you'd hear the laugh track and you'd hear somebody go right on, brother. But I'm not telling you anything black. I'm telling you, this is the Jewish thought process right now. Well, then you should, you, okay. You build up your neighborhood. You build up your business through your brothers and sisters. That's, that's how that's, you do it. I know, I know. But but listen, 
there's a little bit more light that shines sometimes. There's a little bit more attention that's given sometimes. There's a little bit more of something when white is attached to it. You know, it's like, you know, black people have been marching and, you know, fighting a good fight for so long. But when a white person joins the fight and they get hurt and they get killed, now the news is national. Uh, I'm not disagreeing with that either. So, you know. So then team up with some white partners. Magic Johnson did. Okay. There you go. There you go. I'm just saying, though, if you have something that's working in your community, build your community. You've got to bring a white dude or some Jew- Jewish money. Whatever money that you need to bring in, there's a lot of money now. Bring in some Russian money. Go get those Russian dollars. Mm. Trump did. And you could put all that together and make some shit happen. I'm just saying it, it, it's your it, – that, that, that to me, that comedy club example is the example of what doesn't work. In what sense does it not work? Build your community. If you have something that's working. Okay, it was working in the black community. It was working, but they wanted to expand. I get that. So then if that's what you want to do. And And then white folks said, no, you niggas can't come up here. And I hate to say this, go grab the white partner and go fucking put it there and make that money. Right. But the fact that we even have to grab you, that we have to do that. You don't think that. that We need you. We need you, Mr. White Man. We need you. When Jews came here after World War II, they had to change their name. They had to pretend they weren't Jewish. They had to get white, regular they white dude partners. Pretend, they, they weren't allowed at the white country clubs. That toucan Sam Beaks you niggas be having. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> they, you ha- I mean, I'm, I'm, there is different lanes. There is a, there's an easy white, there is an easier white road. But when you don't have that, you make those, you got you to gotta do those bob and weaves. <sighs> Gucci. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's 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 jump into that. Yeah. Uh obviously uh blackface is inappropriate. Always has been, always should be. But what is blackface? And the reason I say that is I looked at those Katy Perry shoes. Right, which are atrocious. They're just ugly shoes. Right. And I, I think some of it's a stretch. Um, but look, come on, bug eyes, big eyes. That didn't have that Katy Perry no, shoes didn't, didn't have big eyes. I, I didn't, but red lips, wide eyes, white lips. We know what it is. Um, now the Gucci sweater, right? That, yeah, but, the Beyonce but, was wearing. I, well, but here's what, here's what the Gucci, the Gucci uh, dude designer put out this statement and this is my favorite statement it says gucci's creative director has broken his silence over the brand's recent blackface scandal saying racism was never his intention of course not right if you weave it into the fabric if you weave racism into the fabric the intention doesn't have to be there right it's just a warm cuddly racist blanket yeah um you know racism is not as overt as it as it once was, um, and that's what a racist person always says: is that I'm not racist. It was never my intention to call you nigga, nigga. Uh, so you know, come on, man. I mean, I, I I can't believe that. First of all, if if there's nobody in the Gucci on the Gucci food chain and corporate that's that that's black that should be able to go, ah, that's not a good idea. Let's start with that. That's the. Let's start with that racist problem. Why don't you have any niggas there who, even if they don't do shit, but sit in an office waiting for you to buzz them and go, Terrell, can you come in here? And his whole job is to walk into a boardroom full of white people and just yay or nay 
shit that could be conceived as racist. Where is I come like where is it? Where's a Mac Mittens, aka Dave Chappelle? Nigga, where's a Mac Mittens at Gucci? But maybe there was a black dude sitting there and he saw that sweater and he was just like, Yeah, release that shit. Let's see how that works. <laughs> Nah, I'm so, I'm so tired. You talking about a nigga that's purposely doing? Yeah, some shit no, like no, that? no, I'm saying he was he was there. He saw it. He was like, I'm so sick of these motherfuckers. Go ahead, release that shirt. Let release that sweater. Let's see how this shit goes down. Nah, nah, they 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 nah. <laughs> then that nigga don't have a job no more. They want they want a real authentic Negro to be able to tell them don't do that. Dude, when you see that sweater on, I mean, if they designed it and they never put it on anybody, maybe you know. And here's the thing, I'm I'm, I'm sitting here trying to play both sides of the coin going alright you got a black person wearing that sweater so you got the black neck which is really literally black then you got the brown skin then you got the lips but the lips are red right the lips are red but when you put on the white person that white white so like does one the uh, I'm trying to go if you put it on a black person do you look at it and go, That's, something's wrong? Or when you put on a white person, do you go, something's definitely wrong? Trying to pick and choose whether it is or isn't or should or shouldn't. Bottom line, folks, if it makes, if, it, if you even have to ask these questions, put it away. It just, anything that makes the challenges to the point where you go, I'm not sure. It's probably a bad idea. Okay, but where we disagree is that Prada monkey. I think it looks like a little space alien. Folks, as a reference point, uh, Google Prada monkey. Prada has these little, I don't know what you, like trinkets, like a monkey. It's a $500 trinket. It's a $500 monkey thing that's attached to the bag. I agree with you. I, I don't look at that and go, oh, my God, that's racist shit. Because when you see little racist trinkets, like really, like you saw, you brought one up where it was a little black kid eating watermelon like his life depended on. Like, it, it, Could you say that I brought it up in the context of our conversation that we're having today? Oh, so you could, it, instead like of just, just randomly it, it, it hey, hey, Aries, look at this little black dude eating a watermelon. Um. I think white people, just stay away from monkeys. Monkeys are off limits to white people. Y'all don't handle monkeys in the right way. But I showed you the Paul Frank dude who has a monkey called Julius, and he has his whole but that did, Julius again, universe. And that just came off as like a curious George. That's what it is. But it was a sock monkey, and the sock monkey has connotations that have been said. I, I think, though, and this is me personally, I think that right now we're in this age where white people are going to be looking to find racist shit, too. Because white people want to be on the, the right side of things. And so they're going to call out shit that I don't think they have any business calling out. I can't tell you what racism is. I have to, I, I can't, if I can't explain racism to you because I have to listen to you tell me what racism is because I'm not black. I don't think I can therefore go running around the street and going, uh, racist, racist, racist. But I do see things that are racist or that have racist connotations to them. But I think it's going to be too easy for white people to be on the good side and ignore the racism that affects people in a different way. Jury man, man, mandering, so the, 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 they're doing the thing where uh, voting rights, voting blocks. They're doing uh, 
just just the fabric that we built in this country. Those are the things that are fucking people. Right. And, and I think if we get caught up in is this monkey on Prada racist or not racist, I don't think we're in the right direction. You know, Patrice said, uh, you know, and I've all, you know, I don't think it's a secret. Uh, white people culturally and historically have always been in love with power, being dominant. Um, Again, that's a percentage of white people. Okay, we know that, nigga. We know that. That was reserved for kings and Not queens. Not all, but let's, come on. The rest of us were peasants. Come on. Okay, okay. We, uh, we, we, I know, again, my own quote, not all white people are racist, but as a race, you guys are known for racism. We do a really good job at it. There you go. Um, having to relinquish any kind of power, I think, upsets some white people. You know, it's the same reason why these white people from, from make America great again. They can't stand the fact that their country is changing and it's not what it once was. And Patrice said, um, there are white people who just go, I don't like having to hide the fact that I don't like niggas. The fact that I got to be secretive and can't be blatant is, is, is me losing my power. So, you know, uh, the, the, whole, the whole race thing, you know, it, there's a power to it, you know. And, 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 and I think some of these companies... Gucci, whatever, they come up with this stuff. You know, you'd be crazy to think that the people that run these companies don't have a racist bone in their body. Yeah, they'll take our dollars. You know, they, they might not even like us sporting their shit. But, you know, they're not going to flat out be like, to hell with nigga money. Tommy Hilfiger. Tommy Hilfiger. But but he, he blatantly said at one point, my clothes wasn't meant for black people. But, again, is it is it white is it people not speaking correctly? Did he mean? Am I, I never you intended really don't do that. No, you're, you're but gonna I'm going to ask you this question: Could he? Be, what was he saying? My, my my clothing line was never intended to be uh, for one particular group. I made it for the whole world. Did he mean that, or was he just trying? Or, or and then he back and he said it the wrong way. I'm not saying that he did. I'm just saying that's the fallback. If this you're is white. why they'd be hung juries. That's the fallback if you're white. That's the fallback. How convenient. I'm just saying that's the How fallback. Convenient. I just threw it out. I'm to- not racist. I just thought, what if he meant this? I'm just saying it. Okay. Because that's what's going to be said. Of course, that's what's going to be said. He when 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 the when the when the when the when the damage is being when he's trying to do damage control, that's what he's going to say. But when he's making a billion dollars off black folks, do you think again that he that, that he finally wants, did made, he, I finally made enough money to tell those black people to stop wearing my, my fucking shit. clothes. And I'm bold enough and powerful enough where I could do it now. Come on, man. You know that's what. But see, that's what I I like how you just said that because that's what white people need to hear. You say it right there. Say that they need to hear that because that fallback is what I said. They need to hear what the black perspective is. I, I would like you to. You, I think there should be twenty four hour. Black news. The instead of CNN, it would be like BNN, some black news network. Yeah, yeah twenty four hours a day. How about NNN? And <laughs> you're not going to get me today. <laughs> Welcome to Nigga News Network. Um, 
Yeah, man. I, I, you know, maybe it's just, yeah, maybe whoever the top tier person is over at Gucci went, I'm going to try to see if I can slick one by on these niggas. <laughs> because that makes Oh, I didn't it, mean that. That was not my intent. But doesn't that make more sense? To be sneaky? No, what you just said, though, that, that he went. And I, and I, and I don't want to do that. To, I, I really, I, there's, there's plenty of people that we could put this on. But I, I think it was like, I wonder if we can get this by. Can we sell this? Do you think right. we can sell this? Let you know what black people really like in our clothes. Let me see if we could throw this and out there. And that's when you go, eh. yeah, bring in Mac Mittens. Yeah, that's when you call Terrell, who you specifically hired just to let you know whether or not that's doable or not. You think Terrell will come in and go just right? Floyd Mayweather really big on it and send it out eight hundred and thirty-five dollars. <laughs> Him and Adrian Broner. Uh, I don't know if it was T.I. that created it, but calling them fuck boys or fuck niggas because uh, they proudly say they're going to still buy that shit. Well, okay, Gucci pulled it off. They pulled it off the shelves. They said that it was a mistake. You like Gucci. You've been wearing Gucci for 20 years. Gucci's never fucked with you. I haven't. I haven't. I, I'm not I saying you. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying yeah. Floyd Mayweather. He's been wearing it for whatever amount of time. Yeah, because he's a flaunter. He wants. He likes to floss, and I buy expensive shit, and I carry five hundred thousand dollars in a fucking backpack. You know, he's a he's a flosser. Um, you know, I, 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 listen. That roll. Go to YouTube and type in uh, Floyd Mayweather, TMZ, Gucci, and hear what he has to say. Then, when you're done watching that. Type in, God, I don't know how to fuck this up. There's so many goddamn clips on Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, it's a black and white interview, and he's talking about money and integrity. Uh, and then here what both money means nothing. Please let this be it. Like Ali no, money means nothing to me, not boxing, when it comes to the freedom of your people. So everything I'm doing, if it means hitchhike tomorrow, if it means be raggedy, if it means look for a job, I'll be happy because I can go to bed, my conscience is clear, and I didn't sell out or trade my people just because I could be rich in Hollywood with a yacht out here on my... That could be my yacht right there. Imagine it's valued at 200000 but I wouldn't want that damn yacht if I couldn't go back over in the black neighborhood and protest a black woman being raped. The hell with a you're the hell with the championship. So I want the people to know this. You understand? End the fucking story. But here's the other thing, though, too. Hold on. Oh, no, Go ahead. End the fucking story. You understand what I'm saying? Like, 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 and 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 that goes to Monique and Steve. And I, and I don't want to paint Monique as Ali and Steve as Mayweather because I think uh, Steve's comments were brighter and smarter than Mayweather's, and he had a point. I'm just saying in terms of integrity now granted the times are different uh but some of the same shit is still going on you know again integrity is an honorable thing um and i know part of the reason why i'm so respected and beloved in the hollywood game especially by my own people is because of my vlad tv interview where I talked about white people in the Jedi mind trick because I talk so honestly about racism on this podcast, because I know that my people feel a certain amount of authenticity from me. This is not a put on. 
It's not a fake. Trust me, I'm not that good of an actor. If I was, I think I would have been cast in some movies in one of the 200,000 movies and shit and shows I've auditioned for and couldn't get. Um, If I was that great of a performer from an acting standpoint, whatever rumors or things that may have been said about me or people's feelings about me, motherfuckers look past that when they go, this is a bad motherfucker here. So, you know, but I think people that really know me and that really hear me feel it and sense it. This ain't no false hustle. This nigga's the real deal. And on top of that, oh, he just happens to be one of the funniest niggas in the game. So you combine those two things and there's a real genuine love there. But I'm almost saying the same shit Monique is saying. I know I'm right. I know that the shit that's in this game, politically, hypocritically, sexism, all the isms, whatever it is, racist, whatever the fuck it is, this shit exists. Now, I've been marching, I've been marching to the, you know, yeah, brother, beat, fist in the air, Afro pick, you know, righteousness. I've been doing that for a long time. Am I starving? Am I hurting? Am I living in a cardboard box? No. Um, but to sit here and act like if I didn't a little bit, you know, it might be different. It could, it could be different. You know, I, I, you know, I don't know, but you know, that Ali shit moves me. That Ali shit, I respect it. I, I, it does something to me. Am I hard headed? Probably. Will I wise up? Mm, depends on how much things get worse if they get worse but i love it man i love that ali shit that moves me that's why it's like nigga i could afford gucci you see me i wear jordan flip-flops you know my one of you know my baby mother bought me gucci flops refused to wear them i just i can't you know i got cash on my feet like nigga i don't need (laughs) i mean i don't need Dollars in between my toes, nigga. Just give me some, some Jordans, nigga. Good. I I think though that you hit on something. Uh, you hit on a few things uh, that I honestly uh, enjoyed you saying though. But before I go any further than that, I have to say when you talked about the fight game though, and then you talked about uh, what happens and how the business works. And you talk about Monique and you talk about yourself. But Ice T said this in that last interview that we have. It is a fight game. And so if you're gonna if you're gonna protest, that's a punch. Right, but we expect to get hit back. back. Right. And so that's that's the other part of it though. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having your integrity. I mean, you you want to have your integrity. Right. But where you shout out to the world on what your integrity is, the ears that are gonna hear you. Those are the ones that are going to come back at you. So what, what do you need? What, do you have to shout out to keep your integrity? Or can you live a life of integrity without having to stand up on the mountaintop and yell it out? That is the scariest decision to make. That's the fork in the road. Do you go left and do one or do you go right and do the other? And, 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 and while you're deciding, your soul is on the table. Your conscience is on the table. Because now you're, going, you're feeling like if I go left when I'm supposed to go right, 
I'm, can I live with myself? Can, can, can I? Can I? Now, look, if you're at the fork in the road and you're looking at a blank check or you're looking at X amount of dollars, does it make it easier for you to make that decision? I don't know. I've never been in that position. But you just go, you know, there's questions you have to answer. And those questions aren't easy to answer. For some people, they're very easy. You know, she, where that money is? Where that money is? They're gone. For some people, a little bit more stubborn. Maybe, Maybe that's me. You know, I want to be able to do two things at once. Monique wants to do two things at once. But as I keep hearing, you can't do that. Or, or at least we can't do that. The reason I brought up this question, though, and to listen to what you just said, as a black person navigating those waters, to any white person listens to this podcast or hears what I'm about to say in the future, just think about this. As a white dude, how many times have you ever had to think about your integrity standing up on top of a mountaintop and shouting it out? Have you ever had to think about it? Or can you just go through life white? Why wouldn't you want to go through it white? What I'm just saying is you don't have to do that as a white person. Well, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. I read where someone wrote that white guys are feeling like wearing MAGA hats are the equivalent of black guys in hoodies. They're being attacked. It's scary for them to put on a MAGA hat because the same vitriol that one feels towards a black dude in a hoodie, the same threat that he poses is, this, is how white guys are feeling when they put that hat on. You know, it's, it's different. You're I, damn right it is. It's, it's different in the, in the, in the idea. This is, this is the difference, though. When a black dude in a hoodie just put on a hoodie because... It's clothing. It's part of the. It's part of the day. White dudes wear hoodies. You said when you say black dude in a hoodie, white dudes worn hoodies. Hoodies been around forever. I said, in the movie Grease, John Travolta wears a hoodie, a zipper hoodie. But, but we know what the connotation. Okay, I understand, is, though, and so that's why I'm hoodies. saying it. The hoodies. Have been, when you put on the mag, that magma hat, that that it, one. I have two problems with it. Uh, I have a problem with people being mad at the person wearing the magma hat. I do, because that's them and they 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 made a decision and they they showed it now why is someone wearing it are you trying to incite someone's aggravation are you trying to cause are you trying to incite it saying this is what i believe in this is and and the connotations that come with that but on the other side why are you mad at a hat why do you feel the need to, I, i've seen i've seen people walking and people will walk down a, 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 like a, in a mall and they have videos where someone will just come over and knock the hat off I hear what you're saying. It's not helping anything. I, I hear what you're saying. And the hat is far less of a degree to what I'm about to compare it to. I'm just saying, I think for some people, it's the idea behind the hat. In other words, it is the idea. In, in other it. words, you would almost go, well, why are you mad at a hat? It's just a hat. Well, some might say for the same reason you'd be mad if you saw somebody walking down the street in a KKK uniform. It's a uniform. But I know you, you get where I'm going. Yeah. Like it, it, the degree is far less. Now, here's, here's where it gets tricky. I would argue and say, well, the KKK uniform, it's history. Those uniforms were worn by guys who 
are in a photo after they've just done a lynching. Those 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 uniforms were worn by guys who created who who, who spawned acts of terrorism towards people of color. It's established what that it means, it's right? To make America great again, hats aren't doing that, but in some places they are. The idea behind it causes yeah. violence. Yeah, so is the is the degree of violence far less? Yes, but the fact that it even makes people see the feel the idea then don't wear the fucking hat no but you know what the hat to me here's 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 where i i feel we 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 become childish and petty and this is where we get stuck and i think that the and i think that the powers that be the real money the people that buy that buy countries and when i say buy countries buy leaders and move things in directions that they want it they'd love that we're fighting about a make America great hat. And they love that we're fighting about Black Lives Matter. But right. this is the funniest part about it. When, uh, to me, when they put uh, make America great again, what was, the, what was the, the black community who hated it and came out? Make America great again. It was never great. At, at the, they're talking about the time in the 50s and black men were oppressed, black folks were oppressed. That's not what the hat, that's not what that wording meant. It was, it was supposed to be pro-America hat. And I know where it went now, and I know what it represents, and the, right. the idea of what Trump has said right. was the worst speaker I've ever heard in my whole life. That's what that means. And then when you saw Black Lives Matter, that's when the other side, the all lives matter. All, and, I, and, I, and we know what Black Lives Matter means. Right. So what are we doing? Are we, we're fighting with each other for the sake of not moving. We're not putting together anything productive. And there's, there's people out there, and I, I seriously do believe that money controls this world. And the money that controls this loves for black America, white America to be fighting. We love that America's fighting with Mexico. And the Mex- we need this divide so that they can continue just to install governments that they want and move things around that they want. And I know that this sounds like, uh, like I'm a conspiracy theorist. Do if you read for uh, the for, uh, Forbes, Fortune five hundred, any of those, and you see the names of all the richest people, never see Rothschild's names in there. You never see anybody in the Federal Reserve that owns the Federal Reserve banks in there, because those are the people. That's the people that are changing worlds, governments, and money. That's that is baby money, Beto's money, one hundred whatever fifty eight billion dollars. It's baby money. There's a whole nother level. As long as we're fighting about bullshit like this and we think that this is the fight, we'll just keep rotating around through this fight, move some neighborhoods around. We're not getting anywhere. Keep fighting about blackface. We'll keep fighting about blackface. uh, And and white people are going to run around the world going, oh, that's racist and I'm on the side of good. Those aren't the changes. You want to be on the side of good, make changes. Don't not hanger changes. Don't take close. I mean, I, I agree that those 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 things should be off the hanger, right. but those are hanger changes. These are these are changes that we can. But when now now we're wasting time on on Katy Perry's shoes. This is not where we're. This is not the changes that are going to be needed to be made. Right. I agree. I hear you. Um, uh, how much time we got? Did, did we go over an hour? Yeah, we're right at an hour right now. Are we really? Yeah. I told you this, but to me, this I'm passionate about this thing right, right here. Race talk is always uh, good eating. 
<laughs> you know what though? It's kind of like what you said about uh, food. It's it's one that if you could keep devouring it, we could keep devouring right. it. Right. Um, I want to talk about uh, the documentary Studio Fifty Four. Yeah. Oh but yeah. You, said, like, you, you, you said you, you. Yeah. I, I know a lot about Studio Fifty Four. You, but you don't. When you say you know a lot about it, you don't mean from the point of. You weren't there. No, I wasn't there. Studio 54 was just before me. How, how old were you when it was... In know, its heyday? From 1979 to 80. No, 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 no. 70, because... Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. 77. 77 I was born in 75, and it went from 77, 78, 79. I was in high school, and I knew about it, because there's a very famous uh, um, um, Saturday Night Live skit where they start off the beginning of Saturday Night Live, and it's supposed to be Rebel comes out, and he's eating, uh, he's, he uh, comes out, and he has cocaine all over his nose. With John Belushi. Yeah. Right. And it, then afterwards, they cut it, and you can see that he's eating a donut. Right. One of those powdered sugar donuts. Right, right, right. So, I mean, we, it, was, it, was in the, it was in the popular culture at that time. Yeah, I was two years old. Uh, I was in high school. Yeah, I, I just saw, um, I think it was AMC. Like, I, I, they did a, a two-hour special on it. And I just wanted to see it because, again, that was one of those moments in time where even though I was two, when you look at it, look at it for what it was. And it just it's it so just brought back reminiscent of New York when New York was debauchery, the New York. <laughs> and I just went, dude, if there was a moment in time that I could be a part of in my 20s, how could you not? How the fuck could you not? I'm going to say something that I, I'm going to, you know, you, you have that gay countdown joke that you do. Right. To the black men listening to this, you yeah. may want, I'm going to give you a, a countdown. Oh, this is a gay delay? It's a gay delay. Okay. Uh, where I'm going to say something that, I'm, it's not gay, but the influence, the influence of gay men is quite liberating to even straight people. Because look at that time period. Look at what you saw. Gay dudes are. Do you think blowjobs, women sucking a dude's dick, is is from a woman looked at a guy's dick and go, that would be great in my mouth. Blowjobs came from gay sex. None of this of what you're hearing just now is substantiated in any kind of fact. Uh, this is Andy's strong the, fucking opinion. And 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 open sex and having sex the way that it was happening in Studio Fifty Four, like in the rooms, and that that's. That's from gays had to be quiet about it. They had sex. That that's what happened there. There, the gay influence made that time period. You know, that, the that document. Was, I, I I think coming off of what they said, the seven, the early seventies, Nixon, Vietnam, the pill, sixties, women could take the pill, the pill, women's rights, Doctor King, racism. Don't it, miss it, that it, influence. It, it, no, no, but it was a time where America needed to explode and have fun. Yeah. There was so much tension. And who showed? So much tightness. Who showed straight America how to have fun? I refuse to co sign this on the facts <laughs> that I don't fucking know. I will not put my stamp on a. It was guys who introduced the greatest feeling that man has ever known to man. You, you, you I won't. You, I won't you, co-sign I, this. You, you, I, you're gonna. You really think that a, a chick? You a chick thought that up? Even you if really? it was by accident and she slipped, and her mouth landed on top of that. I I refuse. Gay to men, gay men. I don't understand why you do what you do, but I am going to tell you. 
thank you for what you've done. That's you saying that. That shit. is. I'm, I'm not. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. None of it. Appreciate. I appreciate um, you opening the door for us to see some shit that worked for us. The comments and views <laughs> about this particular subject are solely expressed by Andy Steinberg, <laughs> and Mr. Spears assumes no responsibility for any of these comments. Um, I gave a gay delay. No, you didn't. You I didn't did, give a I, countdown, nigga, but I, I got you. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I just, that era, that that disco era, there was something just so sexy about it to me. Um, it, I wish I could have been more of a part of it. I got there too late. Right. And I didn't get there at all. Um, I got there. It's 54 was still open when I went out there for the first time, but I didn't even go because it was everybody. It, was, it everybody, wasn't 54 no more. No, but I went to the Palladium. Which they talk about in their... Which they said was... Never, but it was cool because Keith Haring did the big big mural that was there. And it was cool for a minute. It had a very short shelf life. Right. But New York was changing at that time. Yeah, but just that era where New York was never really safe. Yeah. And you could get mugged around every corner. Oh, you don't go to the park. Don't go to the park. Right. And it just, you know... That and music, the dress code, the everything. Hell's I, Kitchen, Times Square, the peep shows, right. the, the hookers. That shit was real. I, I wish I could have been a part of that. Because it's, it's almost like, and I, and, I, and I know we've said this before, but every decade, every era has where they can go, if only you had been around that time. If only you got to experience. And, you know, and I've said this a lot, and I'll say it again. I'll I'll tell young kids today, boy, if only you had experienced Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Oh, my God. <laughs> if only you had known Mike Tyson. That's a time that has come and gone that no amount of YouTube footage will ever give you that experience. You can look at it and respect it and be awed, but you'll never really know. And I just go, man, Muhammad Ali, fucking Studio 54. Uh, to, to, to know what that felt like funk funk the parliament funkadelic that, i don't that, know that i was as heavy into that uh, dude it was that that sound was you know I, and i know that it was a disco time but that 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 came from that funk that that that, that bootsy collins bass guitar right that 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 was a period of time that that was you know it was such a great period of time that's when if you you thought everything was going to come together right everything was looking and we had Ronald Reagan, and he was pulling things in a different direction. Right. But it was a time that you thought, oh, my God, this is... Because I, I would read about... I, I couldn't wait to get to New York when I was in high school. And mm-hmm. when I came out, like I said, it was it was already over. It was done. Right. Yeah. Um, but Studio 54 to make that kind of money. But have you ever stayed in a, in a, a Schrager hotel? Did you? No. I, I, used to, I used to go to the Morgan. When I used to go right. to New York, I used to go to the Morgan, right. which was the first one that they owned. And it was... It was incredible what they did, and it was the first one like it, and it was, it was incredible. Right? Yeah. No, they just just whatever the mystique was back then, and 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 and, and you know, it's funny you hear them say, and there'll never be another. No, they'll, you can never recreate, and you hear that, and I would go, man, that's ridiculous. Like, there's how can you? But I really, I, I get it because I'm just going, yo, if if you if you fucking knew, if you saw Michael play. The way he moved, the things he could do, mid-air, the fact that he was the blueprint behind everything that these kids try to do today. And they go, there'll never be another Michael Jordan. And you go, nah, there will. No, there won't. Now, 
somebody greater than him, God, behold what that is. But Kobe was the closest, but Kobe wasn't it. Scottie Pippen finally said, nah. Yeah. He was trying to give LeBron, but nah. So whatever that magic is, was, that was MJ, that was Tyson, that was Studio 54, that was Ali, those things are gone. But all those happen to deal with the mentality. It was a mentality. Jordan's mentality, Tyson's mentality, the Studio 54, that time period, the mentality back then. It's a mental thing, and we can never go back to that. Because God, we, it sucks. Especially like when you talk about Studio 54, we have, we have AIDS. Now you put your dick in. But no, no, no. To, to the credit, you damn near could, with today's medicine, unless you got full-blown AIDS, you damn near could live a, a, re- a whole life with the, with the HIV. But the, you're not reckless like that anymore. I know what you're saying. Right, 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 right. What, right. It's not free. It's, it's not, not, right, it's not right. like we're all open and it's a good time. Right. Uh, Jordan. They, they kept saying cocaine wasn't addictive. I, because at the time, they didn't think it was. They thought it was just a So that was just the era free, of mistakes. A free hot. Yeah. We, we know better now. That's, that's the problem. That's when you almost, you know better. Could you imagine like on a hot summer's night? And I remember from being a kid growing up in the 80s, there were just those nights sometimes where you would walk in New York, whether you were along Central Park, whether you were, you know, just whatever neighborhood you were in near a brownstone. And it was the air wasn't sticky humidity, but there was a, 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 a heat to it. The wind would be blowing you could, it had its own smell, its own look. And just to imagine in that time, on a hot summer day, women dressed sexy, the disco music, the, the freedom and the naivete of cocaine and Short wild shoes, sex. suit through skirts. Oh, Jesus. God, I would love, wow. No, dude. I got a little taste of it still even in Arizona because, uh, I mean, the cocaine thing got there just a little bit later. And uh, Dude dude made a point on the documentary. And like I said, I watched two. I watched the one from A&E. And then on the way out here from L.A. in Burbank Airport, uh, I had enough time where I watched the VH1s behind the music. Yeah. Pretty much the same. So little differences here and there. But the dude said something based on a bit I do in my stand-up. He was describing one lady, and he was like, he was talking about how beautiful she was. And he goes, they just don't make women like that in Missouri. And how I sit there, sit there and say in my stand-up, I'm from New York, I live in LA, and I've been to Miami, which is why it would be so hard for me to live in the Midwest. There's an energy and a beautifulness and a sexiness New York, East Coast, Philly, New York, I go on and on and on, but primarily East Coast. You're not finding these bitches in Iowa. But you are, but when they find out that they're fine. Yeah, when they find out that they're fine, they move to New York, they move to Miami, they move to I know, but they they, they move there and try to become. Yeah. I'm not talking about becoming. I'm talking about organically homegrown. (laughs) There's a fucking that comes with that. Like people from Boston. Yeah, you can move to Boston, and you might even be able to move there early enough as a child that you pick certain things up. But to but be that hardcore, Boston. the down at the bar having a patty, 
That that real Boston shit. That Irish shit. That look in their eye. That, that look in their eye. eye. Just like Chicagoans and New Yorkers and yeah. Jersey. There's just a... And authenticity of that fucking sauce. Like, dude, that's what I'm telling you. My dick get hard when we go to Philly and certain places. Because I'm just like, the smell of it, the the, 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 the rawness, the cheesesteaks, the fucking... There's a difference. Well, there's a grittiness to to anything that's been around that long. Now, New York, unfortunately, seems to be... I Like, it, it's so commercial now. You couldn't... I could not imagine a day when... In the 80s, that same time period that you're talking about, where you'd walk down the street and you would see... Uh, chains like you know chain restaurants right like you everywhere we walk there's a, um, a Starbucks there's a there's a Taco Bell in New York right now it's uh, become New York's New York certain parts of New York have become endangered species yeah it's lost They're still that, there but it's lost that. I know I know but you gotta just dig a little bit deeper there there but it ain't as what it used to be. No, it's it doesn't have. You can still get a good old fashioned raping in a mug, <laughs> but you gotta go seek it. You gotta go look for you it. You gotta look for it. Um, you know, here's what fucked me up, and I ain't, I didn't even mention this while we were there, but I I I'm I'm, I'm thinking about it now because as I was watching the documentary, I noticed it and I, it hit me. Like New York, we went on a subway. Yeah, I've been on subways since I was a kid. So much so that I didn't even know now you use certain you card. You card. You use card. I thought like, it was still tokens. You use tokens. Yeah, that but here's what I noticed when I saw the documentary. I went, holy shit. There's no graffiti on the trains. There wasn't? No. The trains are clean yeah. now. Yeah. Because they put up that. You have to scratch things in. It doesn't have it, that paint. Doesn't it, stick. It, 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 you, there's no. And, and when they showed it on the, on the documentary, again, 80s. Yeah. Graffiti. The trains don't have graffiti no more. You could go and see some of the graffiti trains. Yeah, you gotta you look to, for the right. You have to look you for it. Look you gotta look for, for it. it. It's an endangered species. It, it's it is changed. It's changed so <sighs> much. I, I miss that. I understand why it's gone this direction. But like a regular a regular people, like those businesses that are gone, those 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 one offs, those mobs, those special things that made New York special. It, it, it can't happen anymore. Right. It's just too expensive. Um, let's sign off on some pretty on a pretty note. Uh, I got to do some shout outs here. Oh yeah, based on emails. My man, Le- how do you say his last name? I thought it was Leslie. Is it Les? I don't know. The faithful note. No, I know, note. I know, but I don't know how we pronounce L-E-S, it. L E S, and then the last name is V E R T I L U L U S. It's fucking heartburn. It's killing me. The dude came to see us in yes, New York. Les Vertilis. Listen, man, you know, I'm going to tell you something, and here's what you know when you do this shit long enough. Not calling any of the other fans phony, but when you do this long enough, you can smell the authenticity versus the not. And uh, we just got off the heels of talking about New York in that way. Becoming versus homegrown. This nigga less is homegrown. This nigga's a fan, dog. Like, I told you in the car on the way to do radio, it's almost like if I was performing and he had to stand outside in the snow or the rain to get the tickets, he would weather the fucking storm. Where some people go, nah, fuck it, I'll catch him next year. And there are people who come up to me and go, man, if I'm in Chicago, man, I came all the way up here from Florida. See you. No, you didn't. 
You didn't buy a plane ticket, <laughs> book a hotel, travel, get a room, plan to time this out. Nigga, you came up here to see your family. And while you was here, you found out one of your favorite comics was in town. Let's go see the nigga. Stop it. Stop it. Less to me is one of the fans that would book the ticket, f- jump on the plane. Because this, Less, we love you, man. Because we know that you are fucking down. Um, yeah, I don't text that many people back. Right. That takes him back all he's the time. He's such a loyal fan, dude, and he's so cool that I don't really respond to everything that everybody sends me, but I feel like if I don't to him, I'm doing a disservice. Uh, and he's been with us since the beginning. Since the fucking day one. Yeah. When we were tripping over our own dicks. Uh, all right, I'm going to read two here. This person don't want me to say they last, last name. name. Yeah, I was going to remind you that. <laughs> yeah, I should do it anyway, but no, I'm not going to be a dick. Uh, this is from... The next one you read, you should just make up a name and put his last name on. No, this is, Why wouldn't he want me to say his last name? Yeah, no. maybe he doesn't want people to know who he is. What the fuck is, is he in the witness protection? Yeah, he, he asked you. That's that's. All right, Alex. Alex. Uh, dear Aries and Andy, I wanted to write for a while, but I'm in a, I'm a lazy bitch. And hate stuff in boxes unnecessarily. But I just wanted to give props for that interview. I never heard Ice-T talk in my life. Never heard his music. Or he's dating himself. I only see him in breaking movies. Shit. Because I love Canon B movies. Wow. Uh, he was de- This guy is interesting and pathetic yeah. at the same time. <laughs> he was delightful. Way to serve up those questions so he could hit them out of the park. Ice-T is a learned man and we could all pick up something from that interview from the way he analyzes the world and situations. But I agree with you. New mumble rap sucks. Ice-T was correct, but damn. That's like giving a participation trophy, even to the people who have talent who deserve to be propped up more. Anyway, hope you and Andy survive the rest of the tour and have more stories for the podcast. P.S. If you read this, just don't use my last name if you give a shout-out. Okay, Alex. That's Alex. Um... Dude, I can't believe he never. How do you not see? How do you not see Ice T? You can't miss it. He's on every day on TV on some channel. Yeah, but somewhere. maybe maybe that ain't that showing his cup of tea, you know? Yeah. Um, and anything earlier than that, but he fucking said what was it? Breaking. Yeah. So that's an extreme. Yeah. You don't know SUV, but you know breaking. Dude, I saw, I was I when I went when we came back last night. I turned on the TV and there was an episode and Ice Ice T was on. Oh yeah, yeah, and, it, and it, I wish I would have saw it when we had the interview because I think he's great. But there's a scene where he goes to look at his watch, and they uh-huh. say, and he goes, so "What time is it?" And I see, and he looks at his watch, and then he points at it. I was like, I never seen someone dramatically look at their watch like Ice T did on that. Watch. Oh shit, you better, you better <laughs> see some of Denzel's work, uh, Sergio Sosa, and Sosa has written to us before. Uh, it's an encouraging motherfucker here. I don't know what compelled me to write you at 2 a.m., but felt like you needed some words of encouragement. And on a bro-to-bro level, a hug with me saying it's not going to be easy, but it's going to get better. You said something on your podcast referencing your ex. You said something to the effect that you were perplexed that she would want something or someone else when you are fucking Aries Spears. You goddamn right. I couldn't help but agree with you. You are motherfucking Aries Spears. Being alone or rather feeling lonely are two different things. Right now, you may feel like, why me? But why not you? 
it is in those times where you are the one that you are one that you realize how strong, resilient and special you are to not only your loved ones, but to the world. Why would another grown man who you don't know feel compelled to write you in the wee hours of the morning? I've been there, bro. You will have your Antoine Fisher moment when you look in that one person's face who caused you so much pain and say, I'm still standing. But most importantly, I'm motherfucking Aerie Spears. Be cool, my brother. Sincerely, sincerely, Chicago Surge. Thank you, my brother. Uh, I appreciate that. I'm a moody nigga, man. You know what I mean? And then sometimes when I get that alcohol in me, uh, and I get to fucking my mind gets to going. I have moments where I feel on top of the world and then I feel like the fuck am I here for? So thank you for dealing with me through all my swings and ups and downs. Salsa. Uh, appreciate the feedback. There's a dude on Instagram from Toronto. I think he's like either Indian or some sort of Middle Eastern nigga who always, I'm going to see if I can play it because it's hilarious who always hits me. And I could tell he got kind of the same love for me that Les has. But I told him, man, like he'll send me voice messages on Instagram. And I'll be like, nigga, when you be hit me, do you be in the bed? Like, are you laying down? Because every, like with the, with the can with like candlelight, is there a mood? Because every time you leave me a message, everything with you sounds so fucking sexy. Like he talks in this real low voice. And it's almost like the interlude to a fucking R&B album. Hey, Aries. Just want to say, man, that, you know, you're loved, bro. And people care about you, bro. Let me, I got to find this shit and see if I can play it. This nigga be. Like, I heard the first couple times he did it. And I thought, ah, you know. But then after about the fifth or sixth message, I finally had to tell that nigga. I said, man, get up. <laughs> you leave me a message, man. Turn the lights on and sit up. Let me see. Yeah, I got a dozen of these motherfuckers. Hold on, let me see if I can. There's a big skill on there. Oh, no, that's him trying to do Shaq. Feel like if I apply myself and do everything I'm told to do. Oh, this nigga's trying to do jokes right now. I'm trying to find the earliest shit. Listen, man. I'm going to ride with you in the limo. I'm going to ride. I got to find some of his earlier work. There's, there comes a point where sometimes these niggas just want to impress you. All right, I got a question for you. Oh, God. And see, do, do you understand? This is another reason why I would never give niggas my number. You understand what I'm saying? Because they want to do this shit. Of course they do. They, they, they look up like, to act fucking normal. How do you act normal? How? Thank you, Aries, for everything. It means a lot. No, you can go to. Oh, I'm actually talking to him. Wait. Does he have your phone number? No. Thanks, man. Oh, you just messaged him. But uh, feel free to follow back if you want. Um, yeah. I've been supporting you since Mad TV days. He sounds like he needs an oxygen machine. No, the nigga sounds like he needs to sit up and put his drawers on. He sounds like he needs more air. All good, son. Take your time. I'm officially following you, too. 
Yo, man, okay. <clears throat> Yo, you made my ass laugh so hard that I had to go to the washroom to talk to you. Okay, so now it's even more awkward. Alright, yes, I did have my lights off. No, I did not light no candles. Because um, I think I said something to the nigga. Hold on, wait. <laughs> I definitely don't mind us talking, but you can't sound sexy, nigga. Uh, you sound like you're laying down with the lights off and two candles lit. I need you to turn all the lights on and sit straight up and put some pep in your voice, nigga. Because if I'm in the dark with two candles lit like you, we two men talking sexy. Get that whisper out your voice, nigga. <laughs> that Man, should be the last, our call word, tag on the podcast. I was not expecting you to say that. No, I have <laughs> Yo. Man, okay. <clears throat> Yo, you made my ass laugh so hard that I had to go to the behind that to all. talk to you. Okay, so now it's even more awkward. Alright, yes, I did have my lights off. No, I did not light no candles. But, um... Uh... Man, you made me laugh so hard. I was not expecting you to say that. No, I had folks sleeping, so I had to... I had to move floors, so I had to go to the washroom, so I didn't get to talk to you. Man, this is crazy. Thank you, by the way, for following me. I appreciate that. It means a lot. Uh, yeah. So there it is. No, I didn't light no candles. Man, you crazy, Harry's. I was about to call you Patrice. Damn. Nigga, you talking to me from the washroom? Dude, I think it's good that you... Reply. I think if you didn't reply to this dude, he might have might have hurt some people. <laughs> he might have taken people. Out. He sounded like he needed you. He needed you in his life, nigga. I, this, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Like if I if he if he had my number, he'd be one of them niggas that would blow me up, nigga. And I love his loyalty, but nigga, I don't have no messages like this from bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Sit up. Don't talk to me in the bed with your shirt off. Sit up. What's his name? He goes by Kulsh Soul. Kulsh Soul, where are you going? I'm going to the bathroom to talk to Harry Spears. <laughs> right. <laughs> Disturbing. <laughs> Talk to me, nigga. Put some energy in your voice. What's up, yo? Fuck all that whisper. Yo, Aries. I just want to say. You made my ass laugh. (laughs) So hard. And then he said, now it's weird. Yeah, Yeah, because you said. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think this podcast ended like 10 minutes ago. It did. (laughs) I'm playing you the murder tapes. (laughs) That's the case. The police go, yo, what happened to your man? Yeah, I know. All I know was a nigga in the washroom <laughs> who's, who's, who laughed his ass so hard. Oh, there it is, man. <laughs> How much did we give him? Uh, an hour and twenty. Did really? Hour twenty? Hour it? hour and thirty, actually. See, he told y'all, man. Open the fuck up. Open your big fat fucking mouth so we could stuff it with tiramisu and cheesecake, nigga. Now, now see, I sound like him. No, you know what it is? Open your big fat fucking mouth. 
so we could stuff it with tiramisu and cheesecake, nigga. No, the reason you're saying shit like that is that's you're thinking about food like that now. No, I'm not. You're not? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm thinking about how creepy that. I don't want to make him out to be because if he if he listens to this, dude, you're not. I'm just saying, nigga. When you talk from when a man talks to another man, especially when it's dark outside, you got to sit up. Or go get a job at a jazz station. Then uh, yeah, fuck that. Sit up. Like don't lay on your back. Something about being on your back that makes you drop your octave. And you get lazy. Sit the fuck up. But he could be on a jazz station. Ladies and gentlemen. Wait, wait, wait. Coming to you. Wait, wait, wait. Coming to you. Wait, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right. I had a good one. You're going to stop me? No. Motherfucker, I'm trying to set you up with the oop. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen. Coming to you live from Jay-Z's house, Kenny G. You're supposed to go, I love you, Beyonce, in Jay-Z's voice. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Aries, I just want to say, you made my ass laugh. So hard. It's awkward now. I'm talking to you from the washroom. No, there's no candles lit. Yes, I'm in my drawers with one sock on. Uh, I just want to say, as I'm reaching for my shampoo, I have no intention of washing my hair. I don't even know what I'm doing holding this bottle, but uh, oops. So, so, what are you doing in there? I, I, I gotta go. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus! Every time I hear a good jazz riff, it makes me think it's a Spike Lee scene. All right, that's what we're talking about. Ah, uh, hey. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, what are we talking about, Jake? Huh? All right, you want me to play the music? I'll play the music. Anything you want me to do, I'm going to do. All right, then I need you to stay over. Because I, I asked you to stay over. I don't want you to leave. All right, so what do you want? What do you want? You want, you want breakfast? Is that what you want? You want breakfast? You're telling me that's what you want? All right, so I'll make you breakfast in the morning. I'll make you eggs. I'll make you bacon. I'll make you whatever you need. Just, oh, goodness. All right. <laughs> now I'm about to go to the washroom. Yo, that's it, man. <laughs> Guys, man, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, tell some people, more people about us. We got to grow. Uh, we're trying I to think, get a little I bigger. Think, I think we're getting, yeah, we we, we we getting there. We started off with baby dick. Now we're getting through our toddler years. Uh, pretty soon, with your help, we're going to go from teenage cock to full-on man wood. So we got to help the dick grow. You know what I mean? Uh, but we appreciate that support, man. Seriously. This is... Uh, and I think we might land this podcast network. Well, let's situation. see. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, let's knock see. on wood. But, uh, but, but we really do appreciate the support, man. Uh, this has been... It's, for me, it's been a journey that I never thought I was going to go on. So thank you. Uh, yeah. And as always, and I love it because... Um, my cameo is filling up, man. I'm really loving this app. So, again, y'all want these specialized shout-outs. 
Look your boy up on Cameo. Um, my p- Patreon is slowly but steadily moving. Subscribe there. Um, I got to show you the skit I did. I do Throwback Thursday skits on on Patreon where I go back and show some shit. I think this was a skit that really made a lot of people get turned off to me. Um, Instagram, Aerie Spears. Facebook, Aerie Spears. YouTube, Aerie Spears. Hit the subscribe. To any of you motherfuckers listening, I can't explain to you how critical this is. You know why? Because in order for me to advance with with, uh, YouTube and get monetization, I got to get a rep. And in order to get a rep, you need 100,000 subscribers. It's fucking free, people. Just go and click the goddamn subscribe button. Tell somebody to do it. Do it. I'm fucking, I'm at 70-something thousand. I'm 30,000 away. They say there's power in numbers. I'm calling my people. Like fucking Beyonce has the beehive. The, the Bieber has, what do you call it? The, the, I don't know. What do you call his clan? The Believers. The Believers? I didn't know what they called yeah, it. Yeah, I got to have my fucking clan. You have Spears? No, fuck that. Um... <sighs> The nigga warriors or some shit. Spear chuckers. Come on, man. Stop fucking around. I need you motherfuckers, man. Leslie, let's go. Kush soul. Come on, dude. Get out of bed. Hit the subscribe button. If your hands got moisturizing tissue particles on it, hit the key with your dick. Click. Uh, yeah, that's it for me. What are you looking at? Colin Kaepernick is coming to an agreement with the NFL. To do what? Uh, Colin Kaepernick and the NFL. Oh, wait, wait. This is NNN. Nigga, new, nigga News Network. Breaking news. <laughs> Here you go. You can read it. Uh, all right. Let me see. Is it still on there? Uh, Hello. I'm your anchor, Aries Spears, and welcome to Nigger News Network. In sports, Colin Kaepernick and the NFL reach agreement over his allegations that teams colluded to deny him a contract, his lawyer says. For more to the story, we now switch to fellow Nigger News Network anchor, (laughs) Andy Steinberg. (laughs) Andy, here at Nigger News Network, uh, before you sign on, you must say the logo name. Andy? N N N. You and this just in, Andy's fired <laughs> for refusing to say what he says in the coffee room every day. Andy's not say that in the coffee room every day. Uh listen, um that's our podcast. That is it. Uh you can find me on andycomedy.com and uh all my social media is in the top upper right hand part of my uh of my of my page. I'm going to go into my room and look past the chicken wings, the burgers, and the pasta and order me a fucking fish with rice pilaf. Really? Yeah, nigga. What the fuck? I'm going to try to find something decent. There's what? Chick-fil-A not too far away. You and your fascination with this goddamn Chick-fil-A. Got to get that bird. All right, man. All right. See y'all next Where are we next week? Rhode oh, Island. Rhode Island. And then Connecticut. And Hartford, Connecticut. It's a funny bone. Bastard. Here we go, Bostonians. We out.
Pussy ass, nigga.